3: I think they want another song, Paul.
4: All right.
1: Blue on street. Hello, everyone. and welcome back to the JKL Media Podcast. I'm here with my friends and co-hosts, Karen. Hello, Karen. Hello. Hello. And Jesse. Hello, Lou. Hello, Karen. And we're here to do a follow-up episode to our previous one where Jesse was driving the bus and he wanted us to review Bruce Springsteen's Western Stars, which we did. And that prompted me to shuffle things around in my to be discussed pile. And I decided that we would talk about a Canadian band called the tragically hip, or as we just know them here as the hip. And this is talking about music as Jesse, I'm sure can attest to is probably the most vulnerable thing that you can do in terms of art, because the emotional connections that you make with music are so much different than you do with anything else because the opportunity for communal experiences are much greater with music than they are with say watching a movie though you can do that with a group or but definitely reading a book uh is a a much more solitary experience so music has uh more than any of these any other forms of entertainment though has the ability to form a communal bonds because it's something that you can have on in the background when you're with friends or family and it creates these bookmarks of your life really that are are so intertwined with your thoughts and your feelings that it's a totally different expression of creation that nothing else can really rival and for Canadians, it's a the tragically hip is something special, and we all have like our favorite bands, and we can go into whoever and whatever. But the hip really cemented that emotional bond with the country as a whole in Canada, and their name now has a bit of irony to it because of what happened to the lead singer, Gord Downey, who. Uh, turned out to, to have brain cancer and eventually some succumbed to it and died. But what he did when he got this diagnosis back in 2015 is he wanted to do a final tour of the band cross country and in the summer of 2015. And that's what he did. And it was a, one of those rare moments that brings a country together that you just don't see happen very often. In Canada, I can only really think of two moments that uh, really um, parallel that. And one would be the 1972 Canada-Russia hockey series. This was the first time Canada and Russia had played at the professional level always before it had been amateur teams in the Olympics and that. And that series was something that uh, if you're Canada, you know hockey, we're crazy about it. We would even get to watch the games in school. I was in school when this was going on. We would get to watch those games in the gym on the TV. So that was quite something. And the other one was Terry Fox, who I don't know if any of our listeners are familiar with, but he was a young Canadian man that developed cancer and he had to have his leg amputated. And he decided to run across Canada on a prosthetic leg and one leg and it started out, uh, as with many things in Canada, small and unnoticed uh, on the East Coast. But by the time he got to Ontario, the story had started to pick up legs, so to speak. And he became nationally known. And uh, again, tragically, he was not able to complete his journey. And he, this cancer reoccurred, and he never got to finish that run. But he inspired the nation. And there's annual Terry Fox runs uh, every year for cancer that are, are still going on today. So, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I I feel vulnerable right now. So <laughs> I'm going on a little long here with this, but uh I, I'm just curious because I don't know how outsiders react to the hip because obviously Jesse and Karen, you won't have the same emotional connections that Canadians do to these this group, which really became the, the, the soundtrack of our lives. But from a, a musical perspective. Jesse, because of Springsteen's ability to write evocative lyrics, I, I wonder how the, the hip struck you.
0: So about a week and a half ago, I had um, a couple of guys on the podcast, and one of them is the co-host of Rocking the Suburbs, a podcast from two dads. They do a daily podcast they do five episodes a week they're usually about 20 25 minutes long and it they cover a lot of different music and one of the things they do is they discuss that there is new music being made all the time and the dad rock that cliche is you if you're my age you get stuck on classic rock from the Mm seventies and that's it. That's what stays on your turntable or that stays in your iPod or from your, now your phone. And what they do is push classic rock, but also there is new music going up every day that depending on your taste, you're going to like some of them. And Mm -hmm. the reason I tell that story is I mentioned that we were going to be doing this episode. And my thought was, How did I miss the Tragic Hip? How have I not heard of their music? Because it is amazing. And you wonder why it never can. This isn't like it's a band in Australia. Mm -hmm. That this is, we're neighbors. And I've talked a little bit about this online with Skip who does the Skip and Josh podcast, Skip actually sent us an email that one of us will read about this because they've done an episode where they each picked their top seven tragically hip songs. And he says they're a uniquely Canadian band and maybe that's why it doesn't work. But Mm -hmm. this was a gift to me. I have been listening to them on and off. In fact, uh, if I'm not listening to a podcast that work, I have the tragically Hip on right now. And when I'm in the car, I'm listening to Jason Isbell because I'm going to the Jason Isbell show in May and I'm trying to immerse myself in those music. So both artists that I had not spent a lot of time with. So I adore them. And there are a couple of songs that I think are as good as songs as I've ever heard. So I really do think of this as a gift you've given me because I never would have checked them out.
1: Cool. Karen?
2: yeah I, I have been over my life and i probably haven't really mentioned this but um very enamored with different cultures different media arts from other countries i have listened to a lot of stuff from australia from england and i have liked a lot of things from Canada and it really worries me that I didn't recognize the Tragically Hip. I had no idea that they did the soundtrack for Brain Candy. Kids in the Mm. Hall is a super favorite of mine. I watched SCTV. I stayed up late when I was a kid to watch SCTV. I love Rush. They're like one of my favorites, ACDC. There's just so many things that that I have grabbed from different cultures. And the fact that I didn't get this worries me. What, why did this fall <laughs> through the cracks for me? And one of the things that was said about them is the fact that they were so loved by Canadians worked against them in the United States that they would sell out their shows with all Canadians, and no Americans got to go. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe there was something working against them for some reason that just didn't grab them and pull them into the United States consciousness. I don't know what it was, but we were dumb because I would have been into them from the beginning, I think, if I knew who they were. I think I love storytellers, writer storytellers when it comes to bands like R.E.M. They gave a very R.E.M. type vibe to me, mm. folksy storytellers.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and I'm going to mention another Atlanta-based band. I, I live here now, but I'm not from here. But the Indigo Girls also do a lot of storytelling in their music. They're also very folksy. And I found parts of this music akin to that. And those are bands that I adore. I have albums. I recorded uh, a song by the Indigo Girls for my wedding. I just, uh, there's so many bands that I love that are similar to Tragically Hip. I would have been into them. So thank you very much for this. I, 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 Again, I don't get why I didn't know about them. And now that I know, they're on my list of things to listen to. So you don't have to feel vulnerable. We're all in. (laughs) Hello,
3: Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds.
1: I have to try to find things that would put them in the proper context as to how, because I can say that they're important to Canadians, but it's something that I have to put in a certain perspective that would Americans could relate to. And when they were doing their final show in Canada, over 11 million people w- were watching that live broadcast. And if you put that in Canadian, American terms, that's equivalent to a Super Bowl audience of about 100 and 100. 13 or 130 million or wherever it is so it's on that same playing field as in terms of impact so they're they're an interesting group and you mentioned rush for me that they're the one two bands in canada but i'm of that age group as well because these these bands were started in the 80s so i was listening to them back then um whereas rush is a much more esoteric uh, progressive rock band, th- which uh, they have, you know, just a three member band. They're all very technically proficient musicians. The drummer Neil Pert, who also tragically passed away from brain cancer, was often in the top three all time drummers. If you go to any list, they'll always mention Neil Pert. And their music was much more. At the, at the time, they were much more for geeks. I, I think that's changed now just because of the way music's evolved and the, the fact that they were so technically proficient with their instruments. But they don't have the same hold on – people admire them for their musical abilities. But tragically hip, people just love them because they felt like a like a drinking buddy – or whatever you want to call it, a uh, family member. And their lead singer, Gord Downey, he had, you know, he could strut. He, he's he got a certain style to it. You may not like it. You may like it, but he, he's definitely a showman. Um, and he is not always the easiest person to understand lyric wise. Sometimes I find this, it's hard to understand what he's saying, but if you do if you get into their lyrics, though they're they're much they're much more open to interpretation. Probably the most popular song, A Head by Century. You could interpret that in several different ways, but they just have you know, like the lyrics from the first verse is like first thing we'd climb a tree and maybe then we'd talk or sit silently and listen to our thoughts with illusions of someday cast in a golden light, no dress rehearsal. This is our life.
4: First thing we climb a tree, and later then we talk, our set side to our thoughts, the illusions of some day, in a golden light. No dress, ring or so. This is our life.
1: Basically, that song repeats and then the very last line is and disappointing you is getting me down so, which puts a whole new meaning on the song too because huh? up until that point you could interpret it as one way and the band always seems to be able to find a certain musical hook with a guitar riff or whatnot that they repeat so they, they're much more of a traditional bland band structurally whereas if you listen to Rush they can transition from fast to slow to Rock to reggae, like all in the same song, if "Spirit of Radio." If you listen to that song, you'd just be blown away how, how by how many different musical styles they put into one song. But uh, and lyric and the lyrics and Rush songs are really good too. But the the lyrics and then the, the tragically hip songs are much more ethereal, e- ephemeral. Uh, I don't know exactly like what the right words. But one of my favorite so, set of lyrics from them is from Wee Kings which is based on a true story about a falsely accused man who's set, put to pr- in prison for over 20 years before he's finally found uh, innocent based on DNA technology, finding, proving that uh, he was not the guilty party. But it starts with sundown in the Paris of the prairies. We kings have all treasures buried and all you hear are the rusty breezes pushing around weather vain Jesus.
4: Dreams where the high school is dead and stark. It's a museum and
1: a- which just paints a perfect mental image something like Springsteen's uh, racing in the streets got that it just grabs you if you're in that environment you can really picture it I, I don't know for you guys how how those kind of lyrics work but uh, it's just uh, yeah, there's just something captivating about it, and and then you put it with the the music that they play with it, with the guitar and whatnot. That it just really works for me. It's uh, yeah, yeah. There, it it's really hard to talk to them about them in any extended way because it's such an emotional experience that uh, which music is, and I'm I'm just curious. Uh, I guess. What were, I don't know how many songs you guys listened to, but uh, Karen, uh, did you have a couple of songs that you really dug or?
2: Yeah. Uh, we Kings was one of mine. Definitely. Uh, the line that struck me from that was no one's interested in something you didn't do. Mm-hmm. And that really got to me. It gave me chills.
1: Yeah. Uh, I also, I also liked the, You can't be fond of living in the past because if you are, then there's no way you're going to last.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it, it it applies to so many things. They were definitely talking about this one case.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then at the end of the video that I watched, there was a list of other people
4: mm-hmm. who I'm
2: assuming were in, wrongly in prison.
4: Right.
2: Um, and that does happen in America as well, even though it's not publicized or anything so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really struck me. I became very emotional with some of these songs. We Kings, definitely ahead by a century as well that one was and the video for that one as well where mm-hmm. the two kids are up in the tree and and then it shows him part of that was him having that kind of dream
4: mm-hmm. and he
2: was stung by the hornet or whatever i'm hoping i'm getting that right and i thought that was evocative that song of maybe being nostalgic for your past and learning to live in the present
1: and not Uh, living up to the expectations of your partner
2: exactly and the other one you gave us bob cajun thank you it's a small
1: Uh, cottage community up north of toronto okay that's
2: cool
4: Your house this morning was caught at afternoon. Could have been a willie Nelson. Could have been the one. When I left your house this morning, it was a little. Achasia, where I saw the constellations Reveal themselves One the star of time I drove back to town This morning Working on my mind I thought of maybe quitting Thought of leaving it behind I went back to bed this morning Lord.
2: i loved the images in that one as well which apparently was about a riot yeah and so you see you know we're we're becoming very jaded about our police presences that they're in it for power that's not the case with all law enforcement and this really showed How this took a toll on a man who's just trying to make sure that people do what they're supposed to do and try and break up stuff. And the the fact that he falls into his woman's arms after coming home from this riot, I was was moved with Mm -hmm. all three of these songs. Those were standouts for me. And I... I watched my YouTube playlist several times, just even in the background of me doing stuff, I had it on. Mm. And even my husband, who is not into the same kind of music I'm into, I'll put it that way. He said, who is that? And I told him about that. We were going to talk about the Tragically Hip and who they were. And he got interested enough to go to my playlist and listen. The fact that someone else who is not really into this singer-songwriter type music identified with some of the lyrics, with the sound, I thought that was really cool as well. So I just, I love those.
1: Hmm. So, Jesse?
0: Yeah, what I did is I took the songs you had given me, mm-hmm. and then I went to Skip and Josh's episode and they each gave their top seven, I built a playlist and listened to them. Bob Cajun, by far, is my favorite song. Mm -hmm. It it just, I I love, maybe because it isn't as heavy rock and roll as others, Mm -hmm. but the lyrics about, could have been Willie Nelson, could have been the wine. Yep. The 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 whole
1: just,
0: yeah, yeah, for the first time, just so beautiful. And there's so much aching in that voice. Mm -hmm. The other one that I really, I'm on record that Bruce Springsteen's song, Better Days, from Mm -hmm. the album when he was away from the E Street Band, is one of my favorite songs. It's the idea of enjoying life that, That too many don't people enjoy the journey. So ahead by a century that opens first thing we climb a tree and maybe then we talk or sit silently, listen to our thoughts. With the illusion of someday cast in a golden light, no dress rehearsal, this is our life. I, that is such a powerful statement. I, mm-hmm. if, if I could if I had a magic whiz, I would get rid of hypocrisy. Because mm-hmm. of all the political crap going on. Right. But I would love if I gave any advice to this world is <laughs> savor your life. Savor every moment of your life because you, it is, you You never know what's coming up. And you don't want to spend your life going, I wish back in the time I could go back and enjoy the journey you're on now. So I really enjoyed that song a lot. And the other thing I wanted to mention is you sent us some links and they showed a Canadian a writer interviewing the lead singer. And there was such a sadness of I know I'm dying. It I I now can't remember things. And to we have been shocked. John Lennon being killed prince dying out of nowhere glenn fry we during covid we lost so many musicians and but to see someone going through a very public of fight we know the ending but we're going to fight it By tooth and nail, and enjoy every moment of life till it takes me is both incredibly inspiring and incredibly sad. Mm -hmm. I I feel the emotion. And Josh sent an email saying that when the day he died, right, he said, All of Canada is mourning. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's an over exaggeration. And I was trying to think, and Karen. Do you have an idea of an American artist that would make us feel that way?
2: Prince definitely, I I think was one that we were all shocked by and and hit hard for me, at least. And on a lesser note, Kurt Cobain, maybe
0: Yeah.
2: he had a huge impact on on the grunge rock scene and For him to be that tortured and us not know about it, and for him just to be suddenly gone. I had their albums, and there's, I have a connection through David Grohl. But I thought that was shocking to me as well. Anytime someone that you like, you like their stuff, you like their attitude... Anytime something happens like that, even if they know about it ahead of time, like Gord did, it still hurts a mm-hmm. lot. And you mentioned Neil Pert; That one also hurt me.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And he actually has a place in our history as well. He's a known quantity. He was referred to on Archer, on the show Archer, (laughs) it, it permeates everything, especially people that give us, you you mentioned how music can be so personal, but also Mm -hmm. so all encompassing and it gives you a community, but it also is very, it's a very solo activity. There's many different ways you can experience music. and when something tragic happens and i know tragically hit that really hurts to know that that's their name mm-hmm. and it's also their legacy it it's a huge loss huge and when you were saying how that concert went out to what millions and millions of people that was one of the links that you gave us to that final performance and mm-hmm. listening to that song in particular three different times and seeing okay seeing him sing it live for the last time it just made me cry
4: mm-hmm.
2: and then hearing him sing it for the last time and seeing the reaction of all the fans them singing along them getting choked up that also choked me up and then the video of when they did it originally it, it gives you that connection and
1: mm-hmm.
2: it tells not only the story of the song but his story and uh, yeah it just anytime something like that happens it's wrenching and I would definitely put it in the realm of the prince or And I might've had my differences about Michael Jackson, but he also had a huge impact on music. And when he died, that was also a shock. And it it hurts people when that happens. It's like a physical pain almost because Mm -hmm. they have touched you in ways that it's hard to explain. And so when they go, that's done. You have all their past stuff, but you'll never hear anything new from them, and that's
1: yeah, yeah. hurts. Yeah, I yeah. I can only think like it, it's different circumstances, but it's to me it, it's, on the, it's on the sort of the same scale as uh, John Lennon. And I, I, I was going to bring that up. Absolutely. Circumstances are quite yes. different, and the and the suddenness of that. At least Gord had the time to prepare for it, but I'm glad you mentioned those videos, Karen. But showing the across Canada crowds singing to the to that last song. It, it's just an amazing performance. And the fact that his his surgery was so extensive to remove what, what tumor they safely could, cancer they safely could, that his memory was pretty well shot. He does that interview with Peter Manchbridge, who is a legendary news anchor in Canada. And Everybody knows who he is, but even with him, Gord says, I have to write your name on my hand, otherwise I might forget it and call you Jeff or something instead. (laughs) So the fact that he was able to go out and perform those songs, he had to use a monitor with the lyrics and that, it's still quite amazing. And the thing with, with Gord Downey is he spent a good portion of his life also promoting awareness of the plight of Native people in Canada. We've had some amazing mm-hmm. and very disturbing revelations about our history with how we treated native people, things that I had not heard of when I was growing up until I think the last 10 years, like we've had these schools where we would force mm-hmm. kids to go to and there was like mass killings and burials of mm-hmm. these kids. And, and it's, it's, it's very disturbing and, and very Cunt wrenching to find out that we had this kind of history because Canadians always like to think of themselves as more civilized have a less violent history than most other countries but to find out that this stuff was going on it's been quite a shock for Canadians and for Gord Downey to devote quite a bit of time to the native indian native american canadian culture is quite something to see and It's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it also just reminds you of your own mortality because now like he's, he passed away in 2017. So it's already been five years. I I, like, it just seems like a blink of the eye. It's just crazy. Um, I'm just wondering how, from those few interview snippets that you saw in that, Jesse and Karen, what struck you the most about Gord Downey as a person? Let's go with you first, Jesse.
0: It he seemed very caring, and also loved loved sharing music and loved
1: being Canadian. Um, and, he, and he loved the Bee Gees. Oh, oh really? Very nice. <laughs> yeah, that, that was in that awesome. interview with Peter Mansbridge. This, yes, I, know, I know, it's not cool, but man, those guys could sing. <laughs> they could. Well, oh, they can.
0: There yeah. is something. One of the things they talked about in the Ken Burns History of Country Music documentary is there is the Everly brothers mm-hmm. or the Gatlin brothers or the Carter family. There is something about blood that when you sing together and you're related, there is a beauty to that harmony. I. Worse, I thought he showed a lot of grace in his ending Mm
4: -hmm. and
0: take a drink. Of course, I'm going to bring up Bruce Springsteen. One of the things that I was really impressed with is that when Bruce put out his biography, autobiography, he talked about how much depression had affected his life and how he had struggled with depression all his adult life, which I thought was very powerful because the casual person will say, you're Bruce Effing-Fringstein. You're a millionaire. How can you be depressed? And it, it is not. It is based on – it is a medical condition. So I love the grace, the strength, the openness. Chadwick Boswith died of colon cancer. I don't know if he talked a lot about that pre – to that It was a surprise to me because I'm a survivor of colon cancer. And to hear that he died of something that I fought was like, oh, my goodness. And to be very brave and to say, this is what I'm fighting. This is what I'm doing. It, there is a wonderful documentary about Glenn Campbell facing Alzheimer. And it is... Talking about his journey and I recommend it very strongly when I because he talks about on stage most of the time everything comes back and he can sing the songs. But then when he was off stage, he would not recognize and know people. So yeah, I just I truly don't know if there's dirt out there about them because most rock stars have some dirt but from my perspective he just seemed like a great charismatic front man that seemed very dedicated to the music and to and i love the idea that he was also a social activist because growing up i loved that john denver fought against world hunger so yeah great stuff.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I thought his humor in that interview was striking. Um, He's facing his mortality. You can see that in the interview. But he's determined to make the most of what he has. And that was inspiring to me. Jesse, you mentioned that you identified with that because you're a survivor of the same. Affliction as Chadwick Bozeman. And I feel that way as well about uh, people like Terry Garr has MS, Annette mm-hmm. Funicella died of MS. And so when I see people that I identify with and that are suffering as well, but they're managing to make the most of their situation, it really buoys me. And I love that he took the opportunity to not only continue with his life, but also be open about it and maybe hopefully give others hope, make them feel better about themselves, where he could have just been selfish and and gone to the woods and lived out the rest of his days self-pity, but instead he decided he was going to he was going to be happy in the days he had left. And I'm sure there were bouts of depression or things like that. But I really do think that he took joy in life. I could see that he lived every day with as much emotion as he had. You can see it in his music, in the times that we see him talking to people, interviews, and just comments he's made. I, I Did a little bit of a dive into him being interviewed or giving comments or something like that i watched the performance on snl as well Mm -hmm. the one performance they had on snl and i really do feel like you could feel his emotions every day every step of the way and so to see him and it's authentic because you've seen it
4: mm-hmm. in
2: his life up to that point. And so the way that he was, acted, felt he he was self-deprecating. I just it touched me. And, and it was something I thought to myself, he he's not only is he touching people with what he's saying and doing, but I feel like he's also giving people that have suffered from ailments he's giving them hope making them making them identify with other people showing them that other people go through these things as well so i think he would have been someone i would have loved to sit down and have a drink with mm. because i think he would have really been someone that i'd like to know and i think that showed in that interview because they they were friends Mm -hmm. these two men and i think the interviewer was shaken during the points during Mm -hmm. that interview and Mm -hmm. uh, that it was really it hit me during that interview
1: yeah it's uh, it's interesting because just you mentioned courage and one of their songs is courage i I don't know if that was on your playlist or not but it's also based on a true canadian story about a man that had a childhood sweetheart who had been married who was married to someone else and that her husband went off to war and was reported killed so they ended up getting married and then the husband came back and that song was called courage and one of the lyrics stand. Lyrics go: "There's no simple explanation for anything important any of us do, and yeah, the human tragedy consists in the necessity of living with the consequences under pressure." Courage, my word, it didn't come. It doesn't matter. Courage, it couldn't come at a worse time. So, it's uh, they take these Canadian things and they turn them into these types of songs, which is, I think, at the at the secret of their part of their success there's no Gord downey is easily the most extroverted member of the band uh he loves to strut you see the weird, the uh, outlandish costumes not quite on the um elton john level of uh outlandishness but they're up there uh, <laughs> they're up there and uh he he puts on a good show but yeah the, so he's a, definitely A very interesting character. I wanted to ask you both, there's one song, just by the title, I have to ask you what your thoughts of it were. And this song was written pre-Flood, but that song is New Orleans is Sinking. I wonder, Karen, what did you think of that song?
2: Yeah, again, I mean, the song was very lyrical. The words were great. And I did see that there were times that they stopped playing it in deference to Katrina sufferers, Mm -hmm. but that New Orleans had actually embraced the song. And that just shows that things touch people in different ways. Some people didn't want to hear it because it, it hurt them to hear it. And then some people took it as an uplifting moment, even though it was written beforehand, they could still draw something into themselves yeah it's almost like uh, he didn't know it was going to happen obviously but
4: mm-hmm.
2: the fact that he he it meant something different to him obviously but the fact that people could take that and either be upset by it that's still a reaction
1: yeah that's why i asked because i'm just curious because when most i assume americans hear this learn of this song they're going to think oh he's writing about the flood but it's not it's pre-flood no
2: and it doesn't bother me even if you wrote it after the flood because it's an experience Mm -hmm. you write about things that you want to talk about essentially Yeah.
1: Come Jesse
0: There is a wonderful scene in the HBO series called Treme, which is set in New Orleans post Katrina mm-hmm. and the singer John Hyatt is being filmed in the House of Blues and the series is really all about New Orleans and music and so they had amazing true musicians. Not only Steve Earle has a part where he plays someone besides him, they have actual musicians perform. And John is doing his song, Feels Like Rain. And down here, the river meets the sea. And then the sticky heat, I feel you open up to me. Love comes out of nowhere, baby, like a hurricane. And it feels like rain. The Steve Earle character and another character, which is a young female violinist, is watching John talk. And she's like, I I can't believe he's captured the feeling of Katrina so much. Mm -hmm. And Steve says he wrote that 10 years before Katrina. (laughs) And and that's the beauty of music. Music can take on its own thoughts. I immediately, when I heard the song... I just know growing up in Louisiana that New Orleans is under sea level. That's right. why they don't every they do not put people when they are buried, they use them in vaults above ground because right. they can't do the anytime it rains. So yeah, I thought it was beautiful the idea of this. It this almost um insolvable, right? This where I I can't get out of my where, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: This my memory is muddy. What's that river that I'm in? New Orleans is sinking, and I don't want to swim, right? I don't want to keep fighting. It's just really beautifully well done.
1: I also now, think I it's thought, a, a tribute to that he likes New Orleans the way it is, and he doesn't want it to change.
0: So, yes. Yeah. And then I I, I thought also the thirty eight years old is an incredibly
1: another, another true story strange
0: I mean, show. Yeah. Yeah. That that was it. It sounds like a catchy pop song, but it really is
1: more than that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about a guy that uh, went to prison because he killed the guy that raped his sister. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, 38 years yeah. old, never kissed a girl. Yeah. 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 Yep. It is.
0: The thing about the tragically hip. Help from based on what little bit I've seen and based on what you've shared with me is they wanted their music to mean something. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: And every once in a while I was, when I saw Bruce in, he was doing his devils and dust tour. It was just him, a guitar. Couple guitars and a keyboard, and he did a lot of talking between songs. And he was talking about waiting on a sunny day. And he says, "And sometimes you just write a pop song." <laughs> I'm thinking, I want to be, I, I, I want to be, the Four Tops. I want to be the Miracles, and I just want to write a pop song that has no other meaning besides that. And then other times, like Nebraska. Is this album filled with stories that are some based on facts, some based on fiction? And as my partner on my John Hyatt podcast says, Sylvan said they all have emotional truth, whether they're based on a true story or not. Great songs have emotional truth to them, and I believe that's what the hip did.
1: Yeah, they they have a song that uh, covers both of those. uh, Vain lines of uh, meaning something, but also having some fun. And that one that's a song called Boots or Hearts. And it's, uh, oh, fingers and toes, 40 things we share. Oh, 41, if you include the fact that we don't care. See, when it starts to fall apart, man, it really falls apart. Boots or hearts, or oh, when they start, they really fall apart. Fall apart. Yeah. That just, yeah, their lyrics are something else. I just, uh, I, I just can't think of too many other. There's there are musicians that do it. I think Springsteen is an mm. obvious example that does really yeah. well with painting pictures with a, a few words. Tragically Hip for me is right up there. I want to thank you both for taking this time. I'm I'm really gratified that you both enjoyed the music. For listeners out there who want to get a real good taste of the hip, I would highly recommend their album Fully Completely, which has of. Like Jesse said, he made a list of their seven favorite songs and whatnot. I think most of those songs are actually on that album. Oddly enough, the title's track, Fully Completely, is, is my least favorite song in the album. But everything else is just fantastic. So, yeah, check out that album, Fully Completely. And uh, I want to thank both of you for climbing up this tree with me, this big, glorious Canadian maple tree, and experiencing a little bit of the Tragically Hip. And I would just uh, give each of you a chance for last thoughts.
2: Yeah, uh, music has been a a thread for me through my entire life. My mother and I both sang. We sang in the car together. And I was a, a choir nerd, definitely. In elementary school, we would sing, and I would love that. And then going through junior high and high school, I was in all the choirs. <laughs> I was in the choir that danced. I was in the madrigals. I was in the regular choir. I... So singing is personal to me as well. And whenever I find a band or a group that has that same connection to music, and I can feel it, I feel like we're kindred spirits. And. So Finding this band, listening to their songs, hearing their lyrics, finding out the stories behind them, it was a a genuine treat for me. Oh, thank you. Great. Yeah,
0: I agree. I'm going to, I'm hoping you and I can figure out a time where you can join me on the podcast, the Set Lessing Bruce, and we'll do a whole episode about your journey with them. And your other band that you loved and why am I drawing a blank on Rush? Yes. I kept wanting to go Rook and I'm like, no, it's not Rook. It's not Rust. It's a, yeah.
1: What a feeling.
0: I'm old. Yes. (laughs) But this has been a really fun. We originally talked about doing this several weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And then because of other things, we got delayed. And so I've been able to spend some time with the music, and we all agreed that was a good thing because Mm -hmm. it's hard to, okay, I'll listen to the songs two or three times and then talk about it. We were able to much more spend this. So I was very happy, and I I will continue listening to them. I, Mm. I think I will keep them on a regular playlist. Because I do think they're, um, they're, they're, it's beautiful music and it's a warmness that I really enjoy.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I'll, again, thank you both. And uh, for listeners, again, fully, completely check it out. And if you want to hear more from us about other things like Springsteen or Devs or Midnight Mass or The English. So uh, please check out our other JKL media podcasts and uh, Jesse, where can people find you?
0: I am at, on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW, by the way, I just saw an article that listed the Netflix best things to binge Mm. and including that was Haunting of Hill House. So I know you both have recommended that. I need to go back and watch that.
1: Yeah. Uh, You should watch Blind Manor first though, I think.
0: Okay. Good, yes. But you can find me on Twitter. Let us know what we're going, and hopefully, you'll check out some music. The Tragically Hip has a a wild, a very diverse style of music, and I think you'll enjoy it. Karen,
2: yeah. What what were we doing?
1: Wrapping things up. Where can people find you?
2: Oh yeah, sorry. I'm at Aliveria on Twitter and you can find me in my bio. There's a link to my blog. You can find me there with a bunch of other links and other things. And I have already favorited the tragically hip on Amazon music. You won me over. Definitely. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Yes. Okay. And. I can be found on uh, YouTube at Lou's Reviews as well as on Twitter at Lou W. Sismore, the S. King podcast. And I'll just leave you with these closing lyrics from the tragically hit. We kings and pretty things. Wait and see what tomorrow brings.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you. That was awesome. Great. That was fun. Guys,
1: I really appreciate that.
2: I think they want another song,
4: Paul. Alright. Bubble blue on the street, loose and complete under skies of smoky blue gray. I can't forsake this Dixie dead shake, so we danced the sidewalk.
3: For fantasy points...